today's episode of that song from that movie is coming up after these messages. Hi, I'm Ray, self-confessed bookworm, film addict, hermit, long-time depression sufferer, and caffeine fiend. In Not Before Coffee, I talk about everything from books, TV and movies to the more serious topics, like my own personal journey through life, struggling with various mental health issues. But not until I've had at least three mugs of the roasted bean and temporarily sated my long-term addiction. So, if you want to get to know more about me and all the ways I pass my time during the week, not including work, and you fancy the idea of hearing me talk about the things that interest me, new books, old books, TV and movies of all kinds, plus the weird and wonderful of my everyday, and how I got into writing about cars for a living despite not having a driving license, then tune in to Not Before Coffee. Found where all good podcasts are, so pretty much everywhere. We're simply having a wonderful Christmas time, ladies and gentlemen. So grab yourself a hot drink, a warm blanket, and imagine it's actually snowing outside for today's episode of That Song From That Movie. Jingle bells. Jingle bells. Jingle all the way. Thank you for joining that song from that movie, The Merry Journey Through the Very Best and Worst of Christmas Movie Songs. I am your struggling to write an intro because there's a lack of dialogue in the movie, host Dietrich. And we're joined today by a really big snowman, Alex. Yep. <laughs> Been putting on that <laughs> Christmas poundage, Alex. You know, yeah. Eating just uh, chocolate Yule logs. Oh, I, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. You're not a fan of a Yule log? No, I'm not the biggest fan. No, it reminds me too much of a Marks and Spencer's Caterpillar. Yeah, the caterpillars are not it's good. the same thing. Yeah, well, it's similar, but the caterpillars are that weird pink stuff in, don't they? Do they? I think so. They've got, like, pink icing. Don't <laughs> you've, been, you've, been, you've been going, it's that Neto version you've always had. Yeah, probably it. is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Colin, it's some sort of, ah, Chris, the caterpillar. <laughs> ah, Chris, the caterpillar. <laughs> and we're also joined by a man who really wants an iron brew, Ben. Good reference. Thank you. Very good reference. I had to go outside the box because there was barely anything to use. Do you think Iron Brew needs to be explained? <laughs> I feel like people outside of the UK wouldn't know what Iron Brew is. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really know how to explain it, really. Uh, it's like a soda made out of girders. <laughs> made out of girders. Yeah, 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 it's like or it's like rusted iron liquid. <laughs> it looks like that water that you get at the sort of the start of a reservoir. It does, yeah. It really does look like that. Was it not like originally like medicinal in some way? I feel like it must be because of the way it tastes. It's not not like Lucasade. Well, no, Lucasade was. But things, you know, like uh, dandelion and burdock and stuff like that, they must have, they had like medicinal. I don't know. That's another one that takes some explaining. Well, it's a bit like root beer, I suppose. But it doesn't, it, why, why is it, why is it called dandelion and burdock? Because that's what it's made out of. <laughs> is it? Is it? That, is it? Yeah. Is that, right, I didn't yeah. know. Well, does it taste like that? I've, I've eaten many a dandelion in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Never gotten the same effect. Yeah, it's made. It's, 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 that's what it's made out of. Why else would it? I don't know why else it would be called that. I... <laughs> What's that? Who, who's that in the background? Why is Santa Claus? And he wants to know what you've been watching this week. It's, it's, it's weird for me that because my dad used to uh, jingle things, but on Christmas Eve, but he used to say it was the, the fairies. <laughs> 
walk fairies and Christmas fairies. That's not a thing. <laughs> but actually, we just found he was knocking a spoon against the glass. Is it like the non-denomination like holiday? <laughs> ah, yes, it's the uh, it's, the winter it's, fairies. It's the December fairies. Yes. Yeah. Very much in the season. I watched Halloween last night. <laughs> not, not for no reason. <laughs> I, I just my wife said, "Oh, let's watch Halloween," and we watched Halloween. And she fell asleep after about five minutes. So I continued to watch Halloween. It's a good film. It's a very good film. I've also been watching that Queen's Gambit. Oh, yeah. That's very good. That's very good. Yeah. Recommendation. Recommendation. Yep. Official. Seven thumbs up. Is it about chess or not? Uh, I mean, yes. It, it, it makes chess somewhat interesting as someone who is terrible at chess. I only ever had the Simpsons chess as a child. Is there any other kind? Is, a, is Queen's Gambit not about Simpsons chess? <laughs> I mean, it would it would have been made slightly more interesting. You've got to spice things up these days. What about you, Alex? We watched a film called Single White Female last night. Isn't that the show from Futurama? <laughs> <laughs> what, is that like something like The View or something like that? <laughs> like single female lawyer. <laughs> single <for> female. Clients. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it's like a film from, it's like a, I think it's a bit of a cult film now. It's from like the early 90s. And it's uh, it's about a woman who moves in with another woman and uh, she becomes obsessed with her and tries to kill everybody. It's got um, Jennifer Jason Lee in it, which is the first thing I've seen her in, other than The Hateful Eight. Yeah, what, just getting like punched every like two minutes. <laughs> yeah, when the, she's very much doing the punching slash killing. Good to balance it out. Slash hitting someone in the eye with the heel of a shoe. Uh, nice. Damn. Aesthetically, it was the most <laughs> 90s looking film I think I've ever seen. It looked like the Always video by Bon Jovi, all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> lots, of, lots of grain, lots of sepia. <laughs> <laughs> lots of like nice apartments, people shirtless, long hair. Very 90s. Have you been watching anything, Dietrich? Why, of course I have been. It's week two of the PUBG Continental Series <laughs> Grand Finals. <laughs> still going on. It's still, it's still going on. Still another week. Obviously, this might give away when we're recording this. I've just realised, as I've said that. So I'm going to pretend that we're on the final week and uh, any trolls in chat have made a fantastic comeback and have won the entirety of the North America zone. Happy June. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so today's episode is We're Walking in the Air from the short Christmas movie The Snowman. So to find out what was happening in the world when The Snowman came out, over to you, Ben. Lovely. So yes, taking you back to Christmas 1982, December to be exact. Time Magazine's Man of the Year was a computer, the personal computer. I think that's a stupid thing to do. But anyway, it was the first non-human entity and only second ever non-human entity to win the award, with Earth winning in 1988, which is another cop-out. What kind of silly sort of choice is that? Wait, 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 wait. So, so Earth won Man yes. of the Year? Yes, yes. I mean, everyone always says Mother Earth, don't they? You know, if you're going to give it a sex, you would give it I mean, a we're in the 80s, there probably yeah, wasn't a Woman of the Year award. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe they're trying to take back this gender of Earth in the 80s. I have no idea. It's a stupid <laughs> thing. to claim gender yeah, for men. Ah, yes. Father Earth. Um, it's Father Time. Yeah. They'd have given yeah, it yeah, time. Yeah. Or Father Christmas. <laughs> Father Time has not done anything to win this award, obviously, after the recent legal battles. But the magazine is called Time Magazine. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, oh, yeah, maybe it feels yeah. like they're giving it to themselves. <laughs> Eighth year in a row. The personal computer failed to comment on the award. It was a slow month for news, but this was quite interesting. The first permanent artificial heart successfully implemented in a retired dentist, Barney Clark. He only lived for 112 days, but the heart was called Jarvik 7. Now, that's, a, that's what I want my heart to be named. 
I've never really named my heart, though. Maybe, well, you know, no time like the present, then. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Jarvik 8. <laughs> in your face, Barney Clark. I mean, rest in peace. I'll go Jarvik 9. What about you, Atlas? <laughs> no! I'm going to call mine Jarvis 1. You should have gone, gone for Jarvik X, like the classic sort of Jason films. That would have been your opportunity. Yeah, but I didn't want to take that opportunity. I had my own Fine. designs on what I wanted to do, man. And in the last bit of news, I suppose, of the time, it was slow. British chemist Aaron Klug wins the Nobel Prize in Chemistry for his development of crystallographic electron microscopy and his structural elucidation of biologically important nucleic acid protein complexes. What do you think, Dee? Could you say that again, please? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> can you do it with a bit of like a Rogers and Hammerstein flow? Um, let's try it, I don't know. Oh, yeah, the development yeah. of crystallographic electron microscopy and his structural elucidation of biologically important nucleic acid protein complexes. No, <gasps> no. That wasn't a bad, that was a bad, you know, yeah, pretty decent. Pretty same, didn't have to say, I had to like tap my knee at the same time. Actually, Ben, hang on, hang on. Ah, oh, wow. Taken 25 years of knowing you to get that one applause. Well, that's the first impressive thing you've ever done. Oh, God. <laughs> I like how you've now made it feel great. <laughs> and that was the news. Do you want me to jingle? Uh, sorry, do you want Santa to jingle the bells? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seasonal, seasonal in the form of some sort of news beat. Um. Terrible, honestly. And yes, so also in December 1982 was the release of the animated television film Snowman. It was directed by Diane Jackson and based on the 1978 Raymond Briggs picture book of the same name. It follows the story of a young English boy who makes a snowman on Christmas Eve, only for it to come to life and take him on a magical adventure to the North Pole to meet old Saint Nick. I'm assuming you guys have seen this film. Only once a year for my entire life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll come to that slightly, but yeah, Alex, what do you think? It's it's obviously got. It's difficult because I actually rewatched it this morning. It's hard to look at it outside of the tinted glass of glasses of nostalgia, really. But it is a very uh, warm film, and I use the word warm because the animation style it like literally flickers like a a crackling fire. <laughs> it's like the the most like warm film or animation to watch in the entire world for that reason. It's like this. It's, it's the uh, like the Gazprom adverts. I think they've obviously <laughs> taken inspiration from this. Yeah, <laughs> you don't really see this animation technique often. I don't know why because I think it's really like. Uh, Gorgeous was the word that was coming to mind. Yeah, I really like it, and it does always just remind you of Christmas when you watch it. Oh, but mainly because when you watch it, it is Christmas. But yeah, it's uh, great, and obviously it has the uh, the quite heartbreaking ending as well. Not to ruin it for anybody. I mean, it's right, so short. We... I think spoilers. You know, you kind of you know, it's not <laughs> long enough. It's like twenty six minutes or something. <laughs> well, it depends if you watch it with the magnificent original intro, which hopefully we're going to come on to later. Yes. <laughs> Are we talking about the ending now, or are we going to save that to later on? No, just go for it, D. Go for it. Okay. How unbelievably hard does that ending hit? <laughs> so yeah. hard. Like when he's just crumbling to his knees, just <laughs> laid in the snow watching. Yeah. Not only is the snowman now dead, but it's like 8am, maybe even early on Christmas Day, and that kid is absolutely <laughs> wrecked. <laughs> and he'll never recover. No. Nope. Never? No. Gonna need a new Oof. Javik 7 heart. <laughs> yeah. It's just the way it just sort of like it happens and then the camera just pulls away slowly. It's it's horrifying to watch. And just it just breaks your heart every time. So sad. I mean, are people familiar with the other Raymond Briggs books? Yes. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Well, I've seen the other movies. Like the Santa Claus one and Yes. Fungus yes. the Bogeyman or whatever he's called. Uh, <laughs> yes. Maybe not that one. 
I mean, have people seen um, When the Wind Blows? Oh, I'm not sure I have. It's the that. same sort of art style. I mean, it's a, it's quite, it's a very good film, but it's a, basically about a rural English couple who live on a farm, more or less, and are trying to survive after a nuclear attack. But it's like a children's sort of storybook. I mean, I think this is just his style. He just wants to make sure, yes, you know, there are nice things in the world, but there are also not nice things, and nice things don't last. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> There's a lot in The Snowman that fills me with nostalgia. And 100%, I think the art style is very comforting. But it's it's also, I also find it quite haunting. And I think that's added to by the song we're going to talk about. I don't sit comfortably watching it. Partly probably now because I know what's coming. <laughs> and I'm preparing myself for that. There's something about it. I think I feel uncomfortable because it, it makes me feel warm while at the same time cold. Yeah, well, that's that's the beauty of the animation style, really, isn't it? For one thing, yeah. because not just the narrative, but they, when it's inside the house, it feels so warm, and when it's outside, it feels like a flying in a in a blowing gale. It's it's just so perfect for this uh, story, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you get the impression. I suppose it sort of links back to it being a book, like a picture book originally. But you feel like every cell is its own picture, be almost like a flick book yeah. on screen. Yeah, it's like a like an animatics, you know, like a yeah, s- yeah. sort of original storyboard, hundred percent. The original book is wordless, just like the film. There's no David Bowie? Not counting the <laughs> David Bowie. The David Bowie version isn't from the original version. It was done for American audiences because they felt it needed like an, a famous person to introduce it. And they felt like anyone actually working on the film wasn't famous. David Bowie was obviously <laughs> a big fan, so they thought, well, who else better to sell a film than the guy with the incredible crotch? Surely it makes perfect sense for it to be David Bowie because he is the child. <laughs> well... I mean, that's what he says. I mean, we can't yeah. deny that. Despite the fact the child's name is James. Yeah, despite the fact that the child's name is James. Yeah, well, David Bowie's original name was James. There you go. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, is it actually? It <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I know, his, I think his original surname was Jones or something. James Jones, yeah. James Jones, yeah. <laughs> you could have sold that to me, Alex, and I was I was halfway up Shit Creek there. He'd later go on to, uh, to voice uh, Darth Vader. <laughs> What a, what a weird sort of alternate universe. But yeah, after the initial book's release in the UK, which it did fairly well, the second release was really poor. I think it, there was like 50,000 unsold copies in the warehouse, and I think the belief was that people didn't think it was a good bedtime story. Like, it was for children, but obviously no words. <laughs> what are you going to do? So they kind of wanted a way to sell the story better. And very interestingly, Channel 4 was just preparing to launch in November 1982. And so John Coates, who was a producer at the time and had the idea of making the book into live animation, he showed a storyboard to commissioning executives at Channel 4 who basically had a schedule to fill. And they were like, yeah, great. You know, we'll take it. Christmas time, you know, it's probably very fitting. Rest is history, as they say. That's interesting. So it's literally just like more or less by chance in a way. Just like, yeah, we've got this little thing going on. Yeah, I mean, I guess that you take it at the time, it's just, it was a TV animated film. It was, you know, it's a TV, it wasn't, you know, the cinema or anything like that. So, yeah, it was very much chance. The director, Diane Jackson, had worked on films like Yellow Submarine with John Coates, and she took the director's chair. They had a lot of help from other animators at the time, but very much picked that unusual style of the book, that sort of pastel shaded artwork that almost feels very much like a flip book. Like, there's almost like a pause. They've not really tried to ham into a fluidity. It feels like you're turning a book as you're watching it. You know, kind of like flicking it through. It has that sort of almost... It's almost stop-motion style as it's going through it, which I find 
looking back, especially with the so many years of amazing animation, still keeps it very unique. It makes it timeless. Very much so, even though it breaks my heart. Part of the initial pitch to Channel 4, alongside the animatic drawings, was an early version of Walking in the Air. Now, I think maybe that sold it maybe more, but I don't know. Now, Walking in the Air was a song written by Howard Blake, who did the entire soundtrack for the film, and was performed by who? Not Alan Jones. That's all right. Not Alan Jones. It's mad, isn't it? The amount of people that I've told this to recently after doing this research. What, and they didn't know? I thought, I thought No, it was... I think it's very much said all over the internet that I thought, I mean, I know that's the most famous version, but I thought that was the film version. I've heard this quite a few times, actually. I think it comes up every single year that the film's on. Yeah, <laughs> I can never remember who the actual person is. No, I don't know the name of the, the actual child. Poor guy. <laughs> the original version for the film was performed by St. Paul Cathedral's choir boy, Peter Orty. He was 13 at the time and was uncredited for the film. Gutted. Scandalous? Yeah, as you must look back. Every time you watch Cash in the Attic reruns or Escape to the Country reruns or you flick on Songs of Praise at the weekend and he's there with his cheesy grin looking at you and you think, oh, you... Ugh. <laughs> you smug little allergens. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, because of the film's success, they decided to re-release it and intended to give Peter Orty credit on the re-release, but his voice broke. Ah. That was the problem. His voice had broke, so he couldn't do the re-recording. And so, in comes, you know, as almost like I see this image of, like, his voice just, hello, and then just <laughs> bursting through the door, kicks it down, 15-year-old Ali Jones, Welsh chorister. He was older. He was, yeah, he was older, yes. He was 15. His voice didn't break until he was... I think a year and a half later. Until he was 35. <laughs> Until he was there. Before we go into that, the actual use of the song in the film, as it basically starts this miraculous, magical journey, what do people think of that scene in particular when Walking in the Air is played? I mean, that scene is... Well, it's iconic, isn't it, really? It's a British audience, at least. I don't really know how well this came across in America. Hearing the song takes you back to that scene yeah. without the scene. I don't know if the song would be quite as memorable. Mm, no, it's hard. I guess it's it, they're so synonymous. It's hard to think. It's well, yeah. I mean, it's the heart of the full film, really, isn't it? I, I really enjoy the part when they fly past a cruise ship and there's like a party going on and the guy's drinking champagne. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, Whoa. what's yeah. going on? Obviously, he's like a, an alive snowman, which is magical in itself. But then all of a sudden, we're flying through the sky, through mountains, through trees, through forests. Into Scandinavia by the looks of it. Yeah, yeah he's, he's gone. He must be freezing. Well, I always think that as well. But maybe it's the magic of the same. It's magic. Yeah. yeah, easy, easy answer, wizard. It's magic. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely the part of the film that everybody remembers, other than the ending. Do you think it's elevated by the song, or is it because most most of the description you've just talked about is the, yeah, the visuals. visuals? I think it is elevated by the song, and I think that's why most people remember that bit. But the two link directly, don't they? The whole walking in the air and them flying. You're thrust into this like big sort of choral vocal song. So that part obviously will always stand out. Mm -hmm. It kind of gives you uh, an avenue into the mind of the child as well. I love them, this experience that he's having. So I think that's maybe why it works so well, with it being a child singing as well. Yeah, 100%. Obviously, as we were saying, the film got a re-release, which is why I needed Alec Jones to come in. But the main reason was for 
a Toys R Us advert. So do people remember this Toys R Us advert? Obviously, it's a bit before us, but I have seen this a lot. And I think it was used well into my childhood, which was this teddy bear flying the child through the sky into a Toys R Us. Oh, yeah, yeah it does, yes. does sound familiar. Yeah. So basically, the, they needed to re-record it for that um, and various other <laughs> advertisements that were coming. Step in, Alan Jones. Poor Peter Ortiz there on the sidelines, you know, stroking his Adam's apple. While Ali Jones reaches number five in the UK pop charts and basically becomes a bit of a superstar. A very clean cut one. And there's no sex, drugs and rock and roll for this guy. <laughs> that we know of. Not yet. Is, does his li- is his life without controversy? I'm assuming. <laughs> when, you say, when, you look, when you say Cash in the Attic, Escape to the Country and Songs of Praise, that doesn't scream to me, uh, Sid Vicious. It, it screams to me, cover story. <laughs> <laughs> it's trying too hard. <laughs> Let's not get ourselves sued. No, you're a good, you're a good guy, Ali. Anyway, the performances basically spawned a career for him. He has had many a top forty album hits all across the world, basically with this song and others. Mostly before his voice also broke, but has had some success since. Especially this performance of "Walking in the Air" also earned him performances in front of royalty with the Queen. He performed in front of Diana and Prince Charles, Pope John Paul II, and most importantly, um, he performed at Bob Geldof and Polly Yates' wedding. So he's done very well. <laughs> Have people seen the Ali Jones video for this song? No. I, I think I have. He's like just like walking around the Welsh mountains yes, and yes. countryside. Yeah, yeah basically. Absolutely. I think we, we can't we don't have a budget. He can't walk on air. He's not that good. How can we Oh yeah, let's just get him to walk in a very high altitude place. <laughs> In his very sensible shoes, very sensible clothing. He's even got the walking stick, I think, as if he's some sort of, you know, seasoned veteran of the cliff. <laughs> Grandmothers will love this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, basically. It is that kind of song, isn't it? I mean, have you heard both versions together? I can't tell the difference. No, no. they sound really similar. Because, like, I was watched, when I watched earlier, obviously, that's the... What's it? What's it? I've got to forgotten his name. Something Peter Orty. Poor Peter guy, he's listening to this. He's listening to this. Eating oh, his bowl of Cheerios for dinner. <laughs> I think, actually, he's quite... He's been a successful tenor. So he obviously yeah, continued into it. So. a career of singing, so that's fine. I don't know how much of a career, but it's a career. I was I was waiting for you to say then that he was, like, the Go, Pum- go Compare the Man. Go or Compare something. Man, yeah. yeah. I mean, now, that would have been a tie-in. <laughs> it would have been a story but yeah, no, I heard the version earlier, and I actually heard the Alex Jones version the day before, because it was just, when you go on Spotify, that's the version I would say that it picks. And they, sound, they just sound exactly the same. It's really yes. difficult to distinguish between the two. I guess that feeds into the confusion, though, doesn't it? Yeah. 100%. So I have a bit of a, um, a bit of a complaint. I've described it in my notes as a very British complaint. <laughs> it's not really the snowman's fault. In fact, it's completely not the snowman's fault. I need to ask the question, how... Dog shit is the all four app. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that that was left field. Yeah, I was watching the snowman yesterday because it was the only place I could find it legally, and they were just like dropping adverts randomly in the middle of like sentences. So like you get like Jet Two adverts and Colgate yeah. and stuff like that just in the <laughs> middle of it. <laughs> 
the worst thing about it as well is when when it plays ads at the beginning it plays like six ads and then the video doesn't work which has happened to me numerous times and then you have to watch the video the adverts again yeah that once happened to me in the past i can't remember what i was watching but i think i saw a nando's advert like four times in a row yes yes and it was a minute long it's 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 terrible when you're watching things like bake off that already has four adverts often every 10 minutes and then i've just had six adverts to start it well, at least Bake Off has like sort of scheduled ad breaks. The snowman doesn't have that, so it's just dropped in randomly. It's not any warning. Yep. He's walking the snowman through the house, and as he opens the door into a new room, it goes, Darling, hold my hand! <laughs> <laughs> Get two adverts start. Well, it'd have been better if they green screened like the door opening and it's in the archway of the door. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have appreciated the moxie of doing that. Yeah. <laughs> For American audience, I, I wrote down the equivalent. So think of the quality of the Crackle app, but it's actually being provided by one of the main channels in the country, like NBC or ABC. Take your word for it. Do you, I mean, the, the, the full thing is just on YouTube. Mm. Why would I search there? <laughs> <laughs> D, goes to, D goes to all four for all of his video streaming needs. I, I, look, I looked for it on YouTube, watched it, but it didn't have the David Bowie intro. So I then searched for a version that had the David Bowie intro and also found that. It was the Bowie version on all four. Oh, was it? Well, that's that's something, at least. But it was interrupted midway through his one-minute segment by a Jet 2 advert. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, because he actually says at the beginning, he goes, um, we used to go on holidays uh, in the summer, and then that's where the Jet 2 advert comes in. Darling, <laughs> That concludes my very British complaint. Continue, Ben. Okay. Find a segue from that. So, Ali Jones. We all love him, don't we? He's a Welsh treasure. At least I think he is. But I'm asking you guys now, is he the most famous Jones? And so that's where the top five comes in this week. Well, David Bowie's number one. <laughs> not the, not counting David Bowie. Actual people that still keep the name Jones. That is the only way I've been able to do this. And there's a lot of Joneses in the world. Kenwin Jones, for example. Um, <laughs> Obscure. But in November this year, I've gone onto Google Trends and typed in basically every famous Jones. And which Jones is the most popular top five? I'll let you take the first okay. one, D, because I know who you're going to do. Yep, Osmosis Jones. <laughs> Rocking in at number nowhere near. <laughs> Strange that no one's Googling Osmosis Jones in 2020. It's Tom Jones. Where do you think Tom Jones is? Out of the top five? <laughs> yes. Number one? <laughs> Tom Jones is number one, yes. Oh, is he actually? Gethin Jones. Not in there. Steve Jones. Steve Jones? Steve Jones, presenter, you need... Oh, the Channel 4 guy. Channel 4, yeah. (laughs) You guys are going low. Alex Jones. No. One show, no. She was, I think she was like seventh. Oh, right. Indiana Jones. (laughs) I I didn't count him because he's not a real person. (laughs) So you've got Tom Jones. You've also got someone we've just been talking about for a good 20 minutes. Alex Jones. Alex Jones, number two. There we go. Three more guys. Wait, are 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 they all UK? All actors. This is a UK search, so popularity in the UK, but doesn't mean they are UK. But I think they all actually are. I want to say Felicity Jones. Felicity Jones, number five. Good shout. Two more. Can maybe give us a clue. One's yeah, no, one passed away, unfortunately. Terry Jones. Year. Terry Jones, there we go. Terry Jones was number three. Number four. Three names. Is Jones the last one? Yes. <laughs> Jonesy, Jonesy, Jones. You know Jonesy, Jonesy, Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Jamie Catherine Jones. Zeta Jamie Jones. Jamie Jones. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones. Jones, finalising the top five. There we go. Beautifully done. Who's Googling her this year? I don't know, people. I look at the spikes. She goes through quite a weird sort of pattern. Unlike Ali Jones that just has his peak basically every November and December. <laughs> Terry Jones obviously makes sense this year. 
And yeah, she she but she kind of peters along. Maybe it's just a few. Maybe she just googles herself every morning. Does she have any like specific peaks, like uh, March or something? Just uh, randomly, she did. it's like a trend. Two thousand in March, two thousand and fifteen. A lot of people searched Catherine Zeta Jones. Interesting. Mm. I have no idea why. Tom Jones. Basically, people are just googling that boy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he never has a quiet spell. Although he did basically, no one was googling Tom Jones until November two thousand and eleven. <laughs> Is that when the voice started? Maybe. Is that when he was Googling it before? (laughs) There we go. Well, I enjoyed that. Good. I'm glad because it took me way too fucking long. (laughs) You can only search five Joneses at once. (laughs) Okay, so now it's time for the ultimate question. This week, a bit about the snowman. So, the ultimate question, Alex. Who puts legs on a snowman? That is a very good question. I don't think I'm qualified to answer. Okay, how about what is better, the movie or the song? Ah, that one. I don't, well, I don't know if I'm qualified for this either, but I am going to say the movie because I feel like I don't know what my Christmas would be without. But then again, the song is also a big part of that. <laughs> but I'm going to stick with film. I think I always, I feel like I always choose film. I bet if someone did like a tally, I've probably like chosen film like 90% of the time. No place for music in the uh, Alex household. Nope. I'm like, like that family from Coco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Snatching off your, uh, <laughs> your, your one-year-old's guitar. <laughs> Smashing them. What about you, Ben? I think the natural innate avoidance of discomfort, like, discomfort and uncomfortable feelings that I have makes me want to say the song. Because <laughs> I just know what's coming in the snowman. And I want to be like Phoebe and friends and someone just turn it off after that sort of snowman dance and he meets Santa Claus <laughs> and everything's great. And what a lovely time of the year. And then stupid warmth kicks in. Global warming. This way, this film's an advert for that. Snowman wouldn't have would have been fine before then. Can, can we, just while you're on that point, actually, because like obviously, like I said, I watched it earlier. It still looks very snowy outside. So my thought: Did the dad go out with the kettle? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, looking at some of the other Raymond Briggs sort of books, that could have well been it. Or they were just about to go into a nuclear winter, and so yeah, they're not. It's not actually cold. It's just ash falling from Chernobyl. <laughs> I pick song. So we've got one for movie, one for song. That is correct. I'm picking movie. <sighs> I think I, I sort of alluded to this earlier. I don't think the song would would really have the lasting impact if it wasn't for the movie. So I think you've got to go for the movie in that regard. I'll accept it. I'll accept it. But I'll just take a shorter version of the film. So that brings a conclusion to our look at the song We're Walking in the Air from the movie The Snowman. Short movie. It counts. So you can help us in one of four ways. You can follow us on Twitter. Ben, what is our Twitter handle? At TSFTMPod. Follow, subscribe, and like everything, and retweet. Two, you can share this on a subreddit. Alex, what subreddit should they pick this week? Um, you've got, you've got, someone's got to finally start looking out for Peter Orty. That's his <laughs> subreddit. So we got to, I think we're going to have to set that one up. Create it, and then support it. Post yeah, it somewhere. Yeah. Create it, and then just post a link to the Ali Jones subreddit. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like if you listen to this podcast, there's been a lot of Alan Jones talk, mm. and the fact that that is the second most Google Jones. Well, it could be it, it could be the Peter Audi subreddit. It could just be not my Jones. <laughs> so the third way you can help is is on Patreon. You can sign up for as little as one pound a month or one dollar fifty, depending on where you are in the world. You could even get yourself on one of the episodes. Uh, but the fourth and this week the most important way you can help us is by buying our official Christmas jumper. Wow. Hang on, let me just get the bells. <laughs> I was bet it banged something there, didn't it? Yeah, it whacked my microphone as I was doing that. I can leave that in the edit, though. So if you go to 
tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash tsftm. If you send us a picture on Christmas Day around your Christmas meal wearing that jumper, Ben will actually fulfill the promise of giving you a call. <laughs> um, <laughs> we need to have a talk to you after this. What a lovely Christmas day. Okay, so all that's left now is to do some Christmassy goodbyes. So it's goodbye from Alex. Well, well, well don't you usually say goodbye from yourself? Um, maybe I've got some bells that need jingling at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> Alex has just thrown a spanner. You really threw me off, that's all I was expecting you to go first. Okay, um, now let me wrap my brains. You haven't even got one! <laughs> um, I made a snowman once and he gave me the scar. You see, he was a real snowman. And goodbye from Ben. If you take the Christ out of Christmas, all you're left with is mass. Ali Jones. And it's goodbye from myself, but it's also goodbye from Santa Claus. Bye! I mean, isn't, isn't mass a religious thing as well? I think that's the point, Ben. Have you got hold for applause in your notes there? After everything I say... Hold for massive laughter. After every sentence I write down, it says hold for applause.